This week on Extinction Event, the giant Galapagos tortoises of Pinta Island and their most famous resident, Lonesome George. These lumbering reptiles lived like eccentric billionaires on their own private island until it was turned into a pit stop for hungry whalers and buccaneers. Welcome to Extinction Event, a podcast about extinct and soon-to-be-extinct animals. I'm your host, Melissa Thomas. And I am a permanent guest host, Jack Collier. Thanks for being here. Thank you again for having me. This is episode three? Four. Four. Yeah. You do so many, they just start to... They're all such great... It's like the greatest hits album. (laughs) And we're only on number four. I don't know. That, that giant ground sloth last week. <laughs> That's a stinker. I uh, hope you're just talking about how the giant ground sloth smells and not the quality <laughs> of the podcast. As a person who went on record saying this is my spirit animal, I, I will try not to take that personally. I don't know if you know this fact about me, but... You know that my favorite extinct animal is the Tasmanian tiger. I remember that from episode number one. Well, my favorite non-extinct animal is the turtle or tortoise. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm pretty excited about today's episode. Well, let's, uh, you ready? You ready to get talking about this? I'm so ready. Galapagos giant tortoises are found on The Galapagos Islands. Bet you didn't see that one coming. (laughs) Those islands are about 600 miles off the west coast of South America. Lots of different subspecies of tortoise live there. And the tortoises found there are the largest in the world. We're talking between 250 and 500 pounds. So roughly half the size of the average American. (laughs) Uh, These are also the islands that Charles Darwin explored on his voyage in the HMS Beagle that helped to develop his theory of evolution. The Beagle didn't help him. His journey through the islands on the Beagle helped him. I, I too, always found that a little bit confusing as a child, that he had a ship that was a dog. (laughs) And he was studying animals, but there was no dog. Yeah, just a lot to put together. It is. And like, why do we need to know the name of his ship? It's a great name. It is, right? ship. If it was named something else, we would probably just be like his famous expedition through the Galapagos Islands. The HMS Snoopy. I was going to say on the HMS Nameless Ship. Well, Snoopy is a famous beagle, so. Is Snoopy a beagle? Yeah. All right. He doesn't look like a beagle. He's referenced several times. (laughs) God. Well... So how did a bunch of giant tortoises end up on these remote islands? Right now, we think that around two to three million years ago, a few of the mainland tortoises got swept out to sea and carried out to those islands. Kind of crazy. They probably landed at the southernmost islands first, and from there they island hopped, floating to other islands and inhabiting them over time. Once on the islands, they probably underwent a process that's common on islands called gigantism. And that's just where they grow to be much bigger Mm. because there's, I guess. There's no natural predators or anything. 
that would keep them small. All the conditions are right for them to grow gigantic. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So the island that we're interested in today is Pinta Island. That's the northernmost island. The giant tortoises on Pinta Island had been minding their own business for millions of years. Then humans discover the islands in the 1500s. Not long after, whalers and pirates, the swashbucklers they were, started scouring and looting the island for resources. The island becomes a popular pit stop for seafaring peoples. Giant tortoises were the perfect food because some of them can survive for up to a year without food or water. So basically what you have is nature's Tupperware containers on, on board there. I'm going to stop right there because I actually have read about this uh, in a book. Please. On sailing. And yeah, it was like basically the perfect food for sailors because it's meat. It doesn't go bad. You don't have to feed it anything. You don't have to give it any water. It's just basically like walking around and you can even kill it and use the shell to make like boil its own wow. meats and stuff and make a turtle soup. Built in bowl. Built in bowl. What? Just like Tupperware. Nice. I mean, that's, you know, good for the fishermen, bad for the, the tortoise. It's, you know, also evolution didn't see that coming. Yeah, they couldn't really run away. They would just go onto these islands and just drag off like a hundred tortoise at a time. Right. What you said is interesting because, you know, millions of years of evolution and tortoises have been around for a long time. That shell is a defense. It's a natural defense against predators. And we come by and turn it into a natural soup bowl. It's kind of more of a wok, you know, <laughs> big giant bowl thing. Throw in there and put some stir fry. Put some rare birds in there with it yeah. for some flavor. <laughs> All right. So the problem is that you've got a lot of ships stopping at the island to fill up on tortoises, but there's not a ton of tortoises. These islands aren't huge. Um, one solution to that, animals like goats, pigs, and cattle were released onto islands like Pinta to provide snacks for the fishermen. You know, beef jerky and potato chips hadn't been invented yet. So... They could stop by the island, and instead of picking up something like that, they could just go out and kill a goat. There wasn't a Seven Eleven to pick up like some donuts and <laughs> a Gatorade. It was like, well, let's just try and populate this island <laughs> with some goats next time we're around. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so this is good for pirates and whalers, uh, bad for the flora and fauna, like the giant tortoises. These new animals that we brought run rampant and kind of take over the islands. The introduction of new animals along with overconsumption of the tortoises causes a few of the giant tortoise species to actually go extinct. Four of the 14 or 15 total subspecies are thought to be extinct at some point, and we think the Pinta Island tortoise is one of those four that's extinct, because the last time anyone saw one was around 1906. Yeah, if that was the last time you saw something, if you lost your keys in 1906... <laughs> They're gone, man. You're not finding them. Well, fast forward to the 1970s. Pinta Island is now overrun with goats. And, you know, we don't think there's any tortoises left. In 1971, someone snaps a photo of one solitary tortoise on the island. At the time, 
they didn't realize the significance of this amazing creature that everyone thought was extinct and which, by the way, can raise its neck three feet up into the air. What? Yes. Three feet Mm -hmm. from shell to head. Yeah. That just seems weird for a turtle. The little giant. Gigantic. But a friend of this guy saw the picture and was like, hey, this tortoise is really special. We need to go find it. Luckily, a trip had been already planned to go to Pinta Island and cull, a.k.a. kill some of the goats there. Mm. So they took that opportunity to look for the tortoise as well. So they're out there shooting goats and they see this really weird goat and they have it in their crosshairs and they're about to shoot it. And someone's like, wait, that's a tortoise. (laughs) That's the tortoise we've been looking for. Well, no wonder (laughs) they haven't seen one since 1906. You can't tell the difference between a tortoise and a goat. It's probably like overrun with tortoises. And they're like, we don't know what happened. There's all these goats. Uh, So they don't shoot it. They name it Lonesome George. (laughs) (laughs) And this is after the actor George Goebel. I'm probably not even saying that right. Who I guess was kind of slow talking and generally tortoise-like in demeanor Mm. and um, went by the name Lonesome George. Uh, I don't know. You guys could Google that. I still haven't, but I'm sure he was really cool. I'm going to go out on a limb and judging from my Looney Tunes history. Gosh, here we go. He probably sounds like, which way did it go? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can do that, but don't make fun of him. I, I love turtles. They're naturally funny animal. They got that big body. They got the tiny little head. They kind of look like they're smiling. They're just funny. They're awesome. All right. So they move George to a different island. They take him off the island and they move him to Santa Cruz Island. There is an institute there. It's called the Charles Darwin Research Station. And they take him there for observation. And he kind of just hangs out there for the next 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> that's the end of the pile. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, we think this is the last of the species, and they know they have to do something, but they can't find George another Pinta tortoise. Pinta tortoise. Pinta tortoise. <laughs> Pinta tortoise to mate with. Hold on just a second. <laughs> How long in that 20-year span of being moved to the new island... Did it take for him to realize that he's on a new island? <laughs> like year 17. <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. Hey. I'd like to think he knew right away. But because you're just painting these tortoises to be not very bright. And I, I don't appreciate that. We just came off a sloth show, right? And the the key to their longevity was being slow. This is not a bad thing. If it takes 17 years to realize you've gone to a new island, that's probably somehow a benefit evolutionary-wise. I mean, they're taking pretty good care of him there, too. I'm sure life wasn't easy back on Pinta. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to worry about anything anymore. So they, you know, they think it's the last of this species, and they know they need to do something but they can't find George another Pinta tortoise to mate with. In the meantime, they decide to throw a couple females from another island, Isabella, into George's pen with him. And he avoids them like the plague. 
he wants nothing to do with them. I hear he like would walk up against the very outer limits of the pen to get as far away from them as possible. Uh, you know what? Like these conservationists have no one to blame but themselves. If they would have named him uh, Sociable George, <laughs> Chatty George, or you know, self fulfilling des- destiny, Suave George. You name him Lonesome George and throw him in with other people. What do you expect? What do you think the other two ladies were named? Did maybe that had something to do with it? <sighs> I don't know. Martha Washington. <laughs> nice throwback. Obviously, they weren't extinct enough to get their own name. That's true. They probably had numbers. Yeah. Okay. So why won't George have sex with these two ladies? Some people thought he might be gay. Seriously. Which turns out is something that happens a lot in the animal kingdom, not just with humans. Mm-hmm. It's just something scientists don't really like to talk about. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I've heard about some stuff that penguins do. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Penguins. Necrophiliacs. Necrophilia? Yeah. They have sex with dead penguins. Straight gay. Doesn't matter. They don't care. <laughs> Dolphin go gay all the time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, rewind to where okay. we were. <laughs> yeah, so that's not that crazy. Uh, some people thought maybe he didn't know how to have sex. I mean, he might have grown up in complete solitude. He's the only tortoise maybe on this island for a really long time, and he just never learned. Or could have forgot. Yeah. So what they did, there was a researcher at the institute where he was staying, and she tried to teach him how. I, there's no really nice way to say this, but she spent her residency there basically jerking him off. Whoa. Yeah. Next job interview. <laughs> I'd like to be sitting in on that. Huh? You can see pictures of it, kind of. I mean, they're they're classy. I don't need photos. pictures. <laughs> I just want her to convey like, oh, and what'd you do in your last job? Well, I um, jerked off Lonesome George for a summer. That doesn't sound very scientific. (laughs) You bring that name up, people know. He's famous (laughs) in the animal world. Like, any guy could say that same sentence, and you'd be like, okay, buddy. What'd you do all summer? I just jerked off Lonesome George. (laughs) It doesn't really work that way, does it? Yeah. Yeah. She's a female scientist, and it's like, at least then, then it raises some questions. Like, well, what is that? Sounds very cryptic. What does that mean? The guy said it. It's just like, okay. It wouldn't have worked if it was a dude. Yeah. Um, she actually had a lot of success with it. It was the closest we've gotten him to, what do you call that? Procreate? Hmm, another way to say jizz. Oh, we have to put the explicit on this pod, huh? <laughs> ejaculate. Yes, it's the closest that we had gotten him to ejaculate. Uh, making a lot of progress with it. And then all of a sudden she has to go back to school. The whole operation stops. And, you know, Lonesome George goes back to being a weirdo with those two other ladies in his pen. And he's like, oh, I already have a girlfriend. She goes to a different school. (laughs) I'm totally into you other turtles, but, you know, it's my girlfriend. This whole time, we didn't realize that Lonesome George thought he was in a long-distance relationship with this human female. Very loyal. Yeah. It's not that he... He obviously formed an emotional bond. Yeah. 
maybe his name should have been you know very dedicated george <laughs> indeed loyal to a fault george <laughs> okay another theory uh, maybe a larger group of tortoises including other males were needed to create an environment of natural competition that would have sort of jump-started the mating process mm, yeah i see the validity of that theory is you get a, you get a bunch of dudes together right competition there's just different chemicals flying in the air yeah then if it's just you by yourself surrounded by ladies who are just willing to please you sexually without any work yeah very valid reason also at that point george had become quite overweight he'd been living it up as a celebrity eating whatever he wanted whenever he wanted for a long time and people thought maybe he was too overweight to have sex he's so- basically the marlon brando <laughs> Of turtles. So they put him on a diet and he gets back to a healthy weight. But yeah, that obviously didn't work. Can you do your Marlon Brando impression for us? (laughs) 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 Can you do loads of George as Marlon Brando? Hey, what are the females doing in my pen? Thank you. You want to you want to do it? No, I, I can't. <laughs> okay. So yeah, they went on a diet. They put him on a diet. Gets back to a healthy weight. That doesn't work. Still, he doesn't want to have sex. Extinction event is sponsored by Mammoth Bar. Mammoth Bar is a raw protein bar. Twelve grams of protein. No weird stuff. Hey Jack, you know what's weird? What? Hands. Hands are weird because I never know what to do with them. You're, you're just like standing at a, a stoplight or whatever and you're like, do I put them in my pocket? What do I do? I 100% agree. Hands are really weird. I think if you're the kind of person who has the hands at your side confidently, mm-hmm. that people just respect you more. If you're putting them in your pocket, if you're crossing your arms in front of you like that, people just think you're weak. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, I've been practicing trying to just keep them at my side. Yeah. Where you're just like strong body language. Yeah. So your weirdness of hands is is kind of like directly flowing from body language. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what they're good for? What? Holding nutritious protein bars. Oh, there's a solution to my problem. That's called a segue. Do I have to put two bars? You could. One in each hand. Hey, look, if, if you're feeling weird what to do with your hands, put a mammoth bar in one in each hand. You yeah. could have <laughs> vanilla almond in your left hand and macadamia coconut in your right hand. Or or maybe you want a goji berry trail mix in, in one hand and the cashew cinnamon in the other hand. Or what if you're really cool Ooh. and you put a bar in between your fingers yep. and make like a wolverine kind of claw out of bars. <laughs> right. That's like not that. weird. No. That's cool. Shing. Yeah. You call people bub. That's what Wolverine does. He calls people bub. Shing. And you got your protein bars. People get real scared until you take a bite. <laughs> now who's weird? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Well, and you know what's even better is that it has all super clean ingredients in Mammoth Bar. They, yep. We're talking organic. We're talking raw. We're talking made with sprouted nuts. That's the kind of stuff that just is like delivering nutrition straight to your body 
through your hands. Through your hands. In by with your hands, back to your hands. Full circle. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty much the perfect snack. Yeah. Uh you can get it where can you get it? Online at www.mammothbar.com. <laughs> Jack, nobody says www anymore. I'm sorry, Melissa, I forgot. HTTP oh. uh, semicolon backslash backslash www.mammothbar.com. Oh, wow. I'm not going to type in. Do you want an IP address too? <laughs> you don't even know what that means. I looked it up. Mammothbar.com. That's no. a solution. No weird hand stuff. That's the tagline now. It's a- is kind of a celebrity at this point, which is crazy because he's a reptile. And as far as conservation goes, reptiles aren't very high on the priority list. Um, Furry, big-eyed animals get a lot more publicity. Wow. Should we deconstruct that for a minute? I think we want them... Isn't it we want them to look like infants? We love pandas and stuff like that. I mean... Oh. Well, okay. That makes sense that we want to save things that look closer to our own species. Because they're selfish. Is it that they're closer or they're just cute? There's like this perception that they're cuter. Cuteness probably ties directly into like our own built-in ability to take care of babies that look like our babies. Right. Do puppies look like babies? When they have big eyes, yeah. Right. So it's the big eyes thing. Uh-huh. So animals that convey that baby-like thing are higher on our priority list. So what they should do, conservationists, is just only show the baby versions of all these animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A baby tortoise is pretty cute. Yeah. I don't know what it looks like, but I can imagine my head. And mm. it's... I follow like 10 Instagrams with turtles and tortoises, and it's like, <laughs> I, my it's just flooded with baby tortoises. They're cute. They're like this big. I'm showing you the size of about a Sacagawea there. <laughs> Thank you for this. Okay. But Lonesome George is a special exception. He's the last of his species. Everyone is interested in his sex life. You know, there's a lot of gossip around all this. All the more reason for him not to have sex. (laughs) Then that bubbles burst. Then who cares? Then he's just the uh, turtle getting laid. No one's famous for that. Yeah. He had it all figured out. So in the 1990s, when disputes between sea cucumber fishermen and the Ecuadorian government over over fishing breakout and the sea cucumber fishermen storm and occupy the charles darwin research station that's where george lives it's no surprise that george was their target whoa yeah they hold him captive and threaten to kill him whoa yeah chanting muerte al solitario jorge i don't know what that means it means death to lonesome george (laughs) hey melissa quick question okay how long did it take for George to figure out he's being held captive. I don't know. It probably took him like 10 years to figure that out. <laughs> How long? Okay. How long did they occupy this island? I don't think it was that long. I think it was a couple days. Nothing happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't the last time he was a target like that. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a celebrity. I'm telling you. They knew. They knew, you know, hit him where it hurt. So same issue with, you know, these fishermen in the ecuadorian government again uh and they're they're like we're gonna occupy the facility this time researchers replaced george with a less famous tortoise 
<laughs> yeah, they switch them out. I mean, that sucks for the other tortoise. <laughs> That's so crazy. I know. And it worked? No one's like, wait a minute. I don't know why I said it like I was dubbing in Japanese anime. <laughs> uh, no, I guess they didn't notice. And the situation de-escalated peacefully again. So nothing happened. That is, yeah, that's a status level where you have a mm-hmm. a stand-in in case of uh, kidnapping. <laughs> that's a status level very few beings on the planet can have. Right. That's next level rich. Yeah. It's like Saudi prince in Dubai. I thought you were going to say they replaced him with like an old tire or something. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> like paint a little like, face wait, on wait, it. Wait. They're not trying to trick George. They're trying to... <laughs> That's probably what happened. They brought in all these female tortoises, and then the whole time, George is like dry humping a rock in the corner. Like, I'm doing it, guys. You ready to keep going? Yes. At this point, it doesn't seem like George is going to mate with anyone. Uh, you know, he's still holding out for that research assistant to come back <laughs> from uh, school. But they're still looking for any remaining pinta tortoises that might be there. Researchers visit the island several times to find other tortoises, but they only find dead ones. And almost all of those are male. Also, they've been dead for kind of a long time when they find them. Which begs the question, why so many males? You know, because we were talking about the whole maybe he's gay. Mm. Well, there's a couple reasons this could be. One, the whalers might have taken more females because they weighed less mm. on the ship. It'd be really hard to carry a 500-pound tortoise. Yeah. Right? So 250 might be closer to what a female weighed. Or it could be because, and this is super interesting, did not know this, sex in tortoises is determined by the temperature of the soil that the eggs are laid in. So... If you're laying eggs in colder soil mm-hmm. uh, or sand, over time that would produce more males. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but the rule there in the tortoise community is hot chicks, cool dudes. <laughs> you know that's on a t-shirt somewhere yeah. for some intern mm-hmm. who got to work for a summer jerking off tortoises. I would wear it. <laughs> At this point, we've even prepared the island for George and his potential offspring to re-inhabit. You remember how it was overpopulated with goats? Yes. So we had to take care of that. You ever heard of this thing called a Judas goat? Uh, No. Okay. So basically what you do is you put a GPS collar on a goat. He goes and makes friends with some of the goats on the island. You go up, shoot all those goats, except for the Judas goat. And then Judas goes, was like, oh, God, I need more friends. Uh-huh. He goes, finds more goats. You shoot those goats, you know, leave the Judas goat, repeat until the only goat that's left is the Judas goat. And then you shoot that one. Wow. Yeah. So that's how they got rid of all the goats on the island. Damn. There's stories there. Imagine all the billions of goats that have lived on this planet. How many have a story like that guy? Well, none left because it doesn't end good for that goat and it really probably messes with you psychologically while it's going on. But he kept moving forward and making friends. At any point, he could have been like, I'm done. I've seen where this has gotten me. I'm going to be a lonesome goat. 
Wait, do you think this could be like the lonesome George situation where it's all a matter of naming? If you name him Judas Goat, he's going to betray everybody. There you go. Yeah. Just a thought. So they wipe the goats out on George's island. It's ready. We're just waiting. But George still isn't having sex. So we look for genetic material from museum specimens that were collected a long time ago in the hopes that we could maybe artificially inseminate or clone other Pinta Island tortoises. But those attempts fail because the DNA we have is too old and incomplete. Scientists start looking for other Galapagos tortoises that are closely related to George in the hopes of creating hybrids at the very least. And you'd think it was a tortoise from a nearby island. You know, this is a northernmost one. Mm. But it turns out the tortoise is at the island that is the farthest away, which is Española. That's the southernmost. Mm -hmm. Those are the most genetically similar to George. How is this even possible? Well, we know that they kept live tortoises on ships, but those tortoises weighed a lot. And sometimes they'd have to throw them overboard or leave them at other islands to lighten the load. So in this situation, a sailor could have picked up tortoises at Española, sailed towards Pinta, then had to throw some overboard. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a few hundred years and those tortoises have evolved, you know, genetically to be different than the Española tortoises. Yeah. Um, And that might have been what happened with George and his big buddies. So George could have been at one point sentenced to death aboard the ship Mm. and then saved by like... Well, one of his ancestors. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because you have to have the genetic diversity. Yeah. Sort of time taking its toll. So they're looking for a close genetic match. Um, And then I I don't want to... I don't want to upset you. But um, George dies. Wait, they were looking for a match. Yeah. And he's gone? He dies in 2012. Wait, they were just looking for a match? Well, you know, they got a late start on some of this stuff. And there's not a whole lot of money for these people to be making these conservation efforts. Oh, but there's plenty of them jerking them off all day. (laughs) I think she might have been doing that in her free time. (laughs) We're not sure exactly how old he was when he died somewhere between 50 and 200 years old (laughs) we think it was probably more like 80 whoa which isn't really all that old for tortoise the ones that are the oldest now are somewhere between 150 and 180 years old the thing is we just haven't been keeping records long enough to know because they live for so long yeah he was taxidermied at the american museum of natural history in new york and go on and this is cool i actually got to see lonesome george on display while he was there how big was he he was big um i don't i don't think he was 500 pounds big but he had a long neck <laughs> and it was really cool i've got some photos hopefully i could find those and put those on the twitter it was really great to see him but it's also weird to see the last of a species is this the first uh no it's not even the first extinct animal that you've seen in person that you've done a pod on no yeah me, me and you both visited the passenger, passenger pigeons there should be a photo of that on the twitter as well and you've seen a tasmanian tiger yep over in paris and you've seen the bones of a giant sloth yes all right so you're four for four. Oh man i didn't even know i was doing a thing there pretty cool oh geez man i'm 
my mind is blown right now. Okay, so he was at the Natural History Museum in New York, and then they ship him back to the Charles Darwin Research Station, where he had lived out the last years of his life, and he is on display there still. Well, so that's that's the story of Lonesome George. The end of his days. Yeah. Sad to see him go. I wonder if that research assistant bothered to even visit in those last days. or Right. Did she go to the funeral? Did she even think about him? I'm sure she had a good reason for not coming back. Oh. Okay. Um, okay, so my, I have a conspiracy theory with George here. Don't you think it's weird that they just found this one tortoise on the island and like later all the tortoises they found were dead? Whoa. I think, what if he was like a serial killer and he murdered all the other tortoises and he was so quiet and reserved after that because he started to feel a little bit of remorse for it. Or had no remorse at all. And was like, you know what the best way to kill tortoises? By not having sex. (laughs) It's true. It's a a long, slow method, but it, it works. But that's how you murder an infinite amount of tortoises. <laughs> you drive them into a extinction. Interesting theory. I could definitely see that. Like, maybe there should be a CSI Pinta Island <laughs> where they go in and see if these tortoises are all somehow stabbed or poisoned or something. How would a tortoise go about murdering another tortoise? Flip him on his back? <laughs> I, if it was me, I'd probably... Go for the eyes, bite the eyes out. Yeah, I'm going to go with flip out of the back. Yep. Seems to be tried and true. I don't know. We'll never know if he was a serial killing giant tortoise or not. Um, Some good news, though. Recently, they found other close relatives of George hanging out near a volcano on Isabella Island. They're not purebreds, but hybrid descendants. Hmm. That means... Somebody was having sex down the line. Yeah, the, the, the Pinta somehow had sex with somebody on Isabella. The Pinta got into a Santa Maria. <laughs> the plan here is to breed the ones that have a high percentage of Pinta DNA with others that have a high percentage and kind of bring the species back that way. Yeah. Ish. So maybe. But until that happens, I got to say... Thanks for playing, Lonesome George, the giant Pinta Island tortoise. Nice try. This week on Countdown Clock to Extinction, the Yangtze giant softshell turtle. These are the largest freshwater turtles in the world, weighing up to 200 pounds. They are found in China and Vietnam and are disappearing due to habitat loss and hunting. A couple years ago... There were four of them left. Then one of them died. That one was around 100 years old. Now there are only three left, and they're trying to get those last ones to mate, also working on artificial insemination stuff, but no success so far. Question, have they given them names yet? I don't know. I'm Hmm. sure they have. When there's three... Because that's like our running thing with with these podcasts is like... They don't get names till there's like two of them left. Yeah. Do you want and if there's three. Do you want me to look right now? 
Well, they're probably in Chinese or Vietnamese, so it's not like we're going to be like, whoa, okay. Yeah, like English speakers are going to make an effort to <laughs> say something in another language. Well, there's no. Just no context. I don't know. We had to look up how to say Yangtze River. Yes. <laughs> so only three for now, which is pretty impressive. But there might be some some out there in the wild. They say there are sightings every now and then. Mm. Uh, but in general, most turtles are headed in that direction. Almost all sea turtles are classified as endangered. So uh, you that's know, sad. not looking good. Sea turtles are very cool. I know. Okay. Well, that about does it. To learn more about the giant Galapagos tortoise or the Yangtze giant softshell turtle and how you can help save endangered species everywhere, visit us on Twitter at Extinction Pod. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. On next week's episode of Extinction Event, the Falkland Islands Wolf. Or was it the Falkland Dog? Or was it a fox? Actually, we weren't really sure what it was. Regardless, these friendly creatures would run out, tails wagging, to meet incoming ships. But their lovable nature wasn't enough to win over the grumpy old men on board. Find out what happened next time on Extinction Event. A Peg Lake Deer production. <laughs>